I'm so excited for who is on today. It is Miss Pam. Miss Pam and her husband, John, run our local theater group for kids age uh, five to 14. Um, they are two of the most positive, happy, fulfilled people I know. They're just so, they're such wonderful people. And I just wanted to talk to her about how she runs her theater and uh, how she came to be running this theater group because I think there are a lot of people in the world who start out with one dream and, and don't give themselves the opportunity to end up with another dream. And she started out wanting to be an actress and ended up being a theater uh, teacher, director, and she's amazing. And she's just the most happy and fulfilled person. So I just wanted to talk to her about that. Um, and I think we had a good conversation. It's a quick one, though. So um, that's really good. But also, my friend Natalie, who has Natalie B. Designs, there's a tab on my podcast, on my website, wifeotp.com, is making something I think is so awesome. I had to show everybody. You ready? It's a mask. Chain. So now I don't want to wear a mask. I'm just going to take it off and it's hanging on my neck. And then, oh, I need to put it back on. Oh my God, I still have it right here. Oh my God. So the cool thing about this is she's made these out of like real stones. So this is Mother of Pearl. And um, there are these alligator clips. And then she includes, when you purchase them, a little rubber thing so you can put it around your glasses. So if later on you want to use it for your glasses, you can, or you can just make it a necklace. You can put the two alligator clips together. And now look, now I have a necklace. I think it's brilliant. And now I have the like fun, whimsical one, but she has some that are like moonstone and coins. And she has some that are like hematite, if that's how you call it. I'm not sure, but they're awesome. And she throws in the mask. I think the mask is like five bucks or something. So. I, and the mask is really comfortable. It's two layers. I don't know if you can hear me. It's two layers of really thick cotton. So I definitely don't think I'm spitting through that. It's really thick. Um, but anyway, I just thought I'd tell you guys about it. It's on her website, nataliebdesign.com. And there's a, a link on my website. You can click. And I think there's a promo code on my website too. So you should check that out because I, I showed my sister-in-law and she was like, oh my God, and bought three of them. So I think they're kind of cool in this. I don't think masks are going anywhere anytime soon. So why not accessorize, right? Right, Halston? <laughs> so another thing, um, you know, I know any of you that listen to Bert's podcast know that we get a ton of stuff in his P.O. box. Um, and I got two things, or he got two things in the P.O. box I thought were really cool that I thought I'd show everybody just to show. One is this woman makes from Mindful Nature. Her website is mindfulnaturecompany.com. And these are reusable silicone straws. Look, they come in a little case. And here's the straw. You pull it out, and you always have a straw. Oops, I can't get this one out. Hold on. See? It's a nice little straw. And then you can just fold it back up and put it back in the case. And it comes with its own little um, cleansing brush. It has a carabiner, and you can just clip it on to your purse or whatever. 
thought that was cool. She also has them in a different style. Here's the other style. Mindful Nature, what was it? MindfulNatureCompany.com. So she has this style too, where you can unscrew. It looks kind of like a lipstick or a lip gloss. And here is a straw. Da, 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 retractable straw. Pretty cool, huh? And it has its own little brush on the inside. So I thought I'd show everybody that. If anybody's looking for that kind of item. She also has these, not that we're eating at work, but these are reusable utensils. They come in this nice little canvas bag that you can unroll. And there's your utensils. So if you're someone who's really green and you don't want to use disposable, there you go. Take that and then you can throw the whole thing in the washer if it's got muck on it. It's got two slots for chopsticks. If you need chopsticks, there's a slot for chopsticks. And here's another slot for something else. I don't know what, but I thought they were really awesome. Also with a carabiner. I love carabiners because then you can just hook it on your lunchbox or whatever. I know maybe a while before anybody's eating lunch, but I thought they were really cool. And she's got these cute colors. There's pink and green and like army green and they're really cool. And then this other uh, person sent us these homemade lip balms. The company's called Four. F-O-U-R. And the website is fourorganicsnewyork.com. I just love small businesses. She wrote us a letter and told us that she was making these lip balms in her apartment and has now moved into like a bigger facility. But she started out just making them in her apartment. It's called four because there are only four ingredients and they're all organic ingredients. So I thought that was really cool also. Um, and I just thought I would show everybody. No obligation to shop any of these places. I just thought I would share cool stuff. That's it. That's this awesome. Thing, I'll this put everything thing, in the description below as well. This thing really gets me. These are just awesome. And she has some that are really pretty and really look like a necklace necklace. They're really nice. So anyway, just thought I'd share those items. I know I know you probably wanted your item shared on Bert's Bertcast, but Bert's not here. So you stuck with me. Anyway, I think this is a good conversation with Miss Pam. What did you think, Halston? What did you think? Yeah, I, I mean, I was a theater nerd my whole life, so I... You were? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, was know a, that. I was a four-year letter National Honor Thespian. What? The only one in my high school. Yeah, thousands of hours of stage time. Oh, yeah. How do you letter in Thespian? You have to, like, reach a certain amount of uh, stage time and plays and um, rehearsals. It's, it has to be, like, thousands of hours. <laughs> it's pretty great. Wow. Yeah, since I was a kid. Um, and then I found music in high school as well and so it just kind of transferred into I wanted to be a rock star so I used like all my theatrics like Freddie Mercury kind of did ah yeah like transition that way and then transition into uh producing which is a great segue to this episode because that's perfect. the exact same thing that she did it's perfect that's exactly what I mean don't be afraid to let a new path open and walk down that path don't get stuck in the path you had planned because sometimes God has a different plan. And if you just pay attention and you just pay attention to your resistance and go, why am I resisting? 
let me see what that's about, right? Sometimes resistance is for good reasons, is for healthy, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's about your ego and that's not healthy. So you have to suss out what it is and then move forward accordingly. And I think it's a really powerful thing to say, I'm on this path, but I don't think it's the right path for me. So what is my path? You know, how in the world are you supposed to know your path when you graduate high school? You know, you go to school to be an accountant and you figure out, I hate accounting. (laughs) So what's wrong with saying, this isn't right for me. It doesn't have to be about the arts or about wanting to be a rock star or an Academy Award winning actress. It could be about anything. You could be an insurance salesman and go, wait, that I'm not fulfilled. Your life should be about being fulfilled. And everybody's so different that it's not a one-size-fits-all kind of joint. And I think <laughs> social media leads one to believe that the only way you can be fulfilled is if you have a million downloads, a thousand hundred likes, and you get free shit in a P.O. box. But that's not true. If I took this podcast away, And I, oh, I should talk about something else. What? Oh, my God. I just realized. Let me finish my thought. So if I took this podcast away and I took all this, the swag we get in the P.O. Box away, I would still be a really happy person because I followed my path. Um, I just want other people to do the same thing. So about this podcast. So, you know, I talk about my mom quite a bit in this podcast. I used to. I haven't in a long time. I would really like to do another episode where I kind of go in depth with someone else who had a similar parent. I have someone who wants to do that, but she's kind of scared because she doesn't know. You know, it's very public, this forum. So in this public forum, you know, my mom discovered my podcast, which everybody knows. And my grandmother now is like, I You've disrespected your mom by talking about her. So my grandmother's removed all evidence of me from the house. And I'm now no longer like welcome. But my purpose for talking about my mom was to help other people, right? It was to help me and to help other people. Because I believe when you have um, struggles like living with someone who has a personality or who I believe has a personality disorder and you find out other people are living that way too, it makes you feel better. It makes you feel not alone and it makes it a little easier to heal. So that was my purpose, right? <laughs> so last week I get a Facebook message from my aunt Jean. My aunt Jean was married to my mom's brother. Now I haven't seen Jean in a very long time. And I haven't much less talked to her in a long time. But she has a daughter, two daughters, Mitzi and Melanie. Mitzi is my same age. Melanie is a few years younger. And um, she wanted to reach out and say she'd been listening to my podcast and that she didn't know that that was what was happening in my life. And that she was very sorry that I had to go through what I had to go through with my mom. And that she had had, her daughters had had similar experiences with my grandmother to what I've had. And I didn't know that. I had no idea because I'm not very close to them because they kind of left the family. Not, And I didn't know they left the family because they were, weren't welcome. It was always told to me they left the family because they left. So basically the same thing that's been happening with me has been happening with them, with the same family. 
And I would never have known any of that if I hadn't been talking about it on my podcast. So I don't know. It's kind of a crazy way life works sometimes. I just started a podcast to have fun, have conversations with my friends and occasionally have a deep, heavy conversation about something big. And those deep, heavy conversations I've had about my mom have been so incredibly healing because no one in my mom's family has ever said, no, 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 we're getting the same thing too. And this is not right. And I am sorry. That was pretty powerful. So. That's awesome. Do you feel more healed because of that? I do. This is part of, um, why I started drop squad, you know, my drop squad, when I started with my trainer, I said, I feel like I have stuff from the past that's not healed. And it's just stuck on the back of my body and I'm ready for it to be gone. Like I keep all the fat on the back of my body from the front. I look amazing. You turn around and you go, Oh my God, is that a hippo? What is happening? That's the way I felt before I lost 20 pounds. It was all on my back. And I was like, this energetically means it's from my past. So I need to get, I need to heal some stuff from my past. And I don't even know what that is because I think I'm pretty done. But apparently I wasn't done. So after I started that journey, I had the conversation with my grandmother. After I started that journey, my aunt shows up and says, hey, I had no idea that was going on. And I'm really sorry. No one's ever said I'm sorry. Not ever. No one. No one's ever even acknowledged that anything was wrong with what my mom was doing. But she did. And she said, I'm sorry, because and that she had no responsibility, but just she was my aunt. She is my aunt. And to have your aunt say that really stinks. And I'm sorry you had to live with that is such an amazing, powerful, overwhelming gift for me. That's what it did for me. It was an overwhelming gift. And that's because of this podcast. Isn't that crazy? Oh, I love that. I'm, I'm happy for you. So thank you, Aunt Jean. And thank you, Mitzi, for telling your mother to listen to my podcast. And Jean said we should all get together next time I go see my dad. So when COVID's over, I agree. We should all get together next time I go see my dad. Because it's been a long, long time. Um, we can compare notes. <laughs> you can hang out with the outcasted side of your family. Right? I always thought, I was always told they just wasn't going to hang out with us. But apparently they experience the same thing I experienced, which is if you go against what they think, they don't talk to you for 10 years. <laughs> so anyway, pretty crazy. Wow. That is crazy. It makes the intro of this podcast almost as long as the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. We're just talking about musical theater and theater groups and small towns and how you should please start one if you are so inclined and how Miss Pam has done it successfully and what a happy person she is. And I want everybody to see that. So I hope you enjoy this episode with Miss Pam. Uh, I thought it was really sweet and very, very fun. So I hope you enjoy it too. Sorry for the long intro.
so pretty. Thank you. You look amazing. <laughs> I always love seeing your face. <laughs> I do. I got to turn off my messages so they'll won't ding in the middle. Okay. Great. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. We're hanging in there. How about you? How are you doing? We're doing fine. Good. I'm glad. So I've, I've been dying to have you on because I wanted to talk to you about, well, tell, tell everybody what you do. Okay. Um, so I run a children's theater organization called Village Arts for kids ages like five all the way up to like 14, even doing some high school stuff now too. So as they are getting older, we're <laughs> branching out more. And, and it's an arts, it's not only theater programs, but it's arts programs for kids in the um, San Fernando Valley area and been doing it for uh, quite a few years now. And it's amazing. Thank you. Thanks. You and John are amazing human beings. Well, so are you. Thanks, you Leanne. Very well. you. <laughs> but uh, having the courage to get on stage at a young age requires that the adults involved are very open mm-hmm. and very positive and critical in a positive way. Right. And you do create that space for them. It's, it's a safe space. Thank and you. Uh, it's because of who you guys are. You and John are just those, that's who, that seems to me, anyway, I don't know you that well, seems to me that's just who you are. Yeah, yeah. We really didn't want to create something that was about, that was um, about making kids stars or about falling into the whole Hollywood. How can we prepare you so that you can become a Hollywood star? You can have a career and, you know, that wasn't it at all. It was really, we both come from, um, programs when we were young um, that were very supportive and it was about community and it was about kids really finding their voice mm-hmm. and being able to work together and um, and just really cheer one another on, you know? So, um, yeah, we wanted this to be fun and creative and, and also structured so that kids could learn but not letting go of that kind of playful aspect of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And where everybody really supports one another and cheers everybody on, like I said before, which has really become the case. It's become a community. We want it to be a community. And it is. It's become that. Yeah. It is a community. I talk about community a lot on this podcast because mm-hmm. I think community is what's missing in the general idea of society today. Mm-hmm. You know, people have moved away from religion. And I think religion part of religion is a big community. I am not religious. I'm guilty of that myself. I'm very spiritual, but I don't go to church. Yeah. And I grew up going to church mm-hmm. and that community piece is missing. And mm-hmm. how do you find it? Yeah. If you if 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 church doesn't do it for you, right. How do you find that? And mm-hmm. you've really created that for the kids in this neighborhood and their and their parents. Thanks. Um yeah. That it's, was it's huge. It's yeah. not small. Um, so how did you get to be, how did this, how did this happen? Like, what were you doing before this? Cause I know you've been doing this for, I want to say 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, a, yeah, it's been 10 years. Village arts is like six years old, but I've been doing, I've taught um, theater and dance to kids 
you know, pretty much since I've been a, a, a grown up, since I've been an adult. Yeah. In some form or another. Okay. And when we were living in um, New York, I had started, I was working at a JCC at a community center mm-hmm. and teaching dance and they um, didn't have a theater program. So I kind of created something there. So that's where all that stuff started and mm-hmm. where I started getting very passionate about working with kids and feeling like, because up to that, I'd been an actor you know, and I was pursuing all of my acting Mm -hmm. and all of that. And then the more I started working with kids, the more that started to take over my life. And I really just discovered how much I love it and how fulfilling that can be. And I still do some acting. So when we moved here, um, I was going to focus on being an actress again. (laughs) (laughs) Our kids were at an age where I thought I'm going to get back in there. And, um, then I was missing teaching. So I started some little things myself. And then the, the big launch, I guess, if you will, is um, had an after school. Charter Elementary School had an after school theater program. And the woman who was running it, um, it fell ill and they needed somebody to step in right away. So um, I stepped in with another woman and we kind of took it over. And little by little, um, it just, and it was a pretty healthy theater program to start with, Mm -hmm. um, but then it just became bigger and there seemed more interest. And then my husband and I decided to join forces together when life turned a a corner for him with the work he was doing and go back to our roots together, which was being creative and working in theater together, which is where we started our life together. And um, Reverend Rich over at Faith Presbyterian Church had this amazing space called Well Hall. You've seen the space, a huge, oh, yeah. you know, auditorium with a stage. And we walked in there and um, actually our fifth graders who are twins who went to had their fifth grade party there. And that's when we first became aware of the space. And we're like, oh, we could turn this into a theater. A theater. Basketball court. A theater. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So the theater experience began. So we just grew. We were just doing our fall thing and our summer thing. And people were like, do something in the spring. And then Johnny was like, we need to do more than just theater. Let's have art classes and some dance classes. And, and so that's what we're trying to make happen. And Rich Poole, Reverend Rich over at Faith Press and the whole Faith Press uh, uh, people over there, congregation has been, have been so supportive of us and really helped us make this happen and make that our home still doing stuff with Colfax, as you know, Mm -hmm. um, but also stuff at the church so that we have a real home base. Yeah. So that's amazing. The Reverend Rich is amazing because I've had a Girl Scout troop that's met at that church. Mm -hmm. Oh, we're starting our ninth year. Yeah. And uh, you, he's just another person that's creating community. Yeah. It's all about for him even more than, you know, it's funny because I actually started, I grew up in a Presbyterian church when I was a kid and really haven't gone to church, you know, over the years, feel very spiritual and all that. Um, and then I started going to uh, his services, which I love. And what I also love, they were very, they're very small, very small congregation, mm-hmm. but I was meeting people that I would never yeah. ever meet in my life. And it reminded me of this whole community of people who are out there and what I can learn from them and, and understand. Right. So, um, 
yes, we are very much on the same page. He uh, wants us there because he believes that we are about community as is he and the congregation there. So we're very much on the same page and it's a great partnership. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look at your doggy. Oh, down dog, down dog. Um, yeah, it's a, I, I, a lot of people email me and ask, how do you make friends? How do you, um, I'm having a hard time in life finding people that I connect with. And really in my experience, you have to try everything. Yeah. You can't be like, I don't go to church. I've been to his services. Mm-hmm. I thought his congregation was lovely and I feel the same way. I would never meet or know anybody there. And what a great opportunity if you're open and willing to just go in and go, I'm here. Right. (laughs) You know, it's not, it's not as complicated as we all make it sometimes. It's pretty simple. The same with joining a little theater company in your hometown. I mean, if you're not in the San Fernando Valley and you're not ages five to 14, (laughs) sure, some community theater somewhere, maybe not right now in COVID, but how, tell everybody how you're doing this in COVID. Yeah, this has been an interesting transition and really reinventing the wheel. So our summer camp obviously got um, canceled, which was a heartbreak because that's my favorite program because we get to be with the kids all day and um, it's really fun. And um, so, yeah, so we switched to some online programming with various camp, like a little mini camp, an hour a day for younger kids with different um, classes. We tried to keep them like play dates rather than just like instructional because we figured they're so tired of being instructed on Zoom. How awful. So they were like, you know, improv theater games, play dates, dance uh, games, play dates, singing play dates and art, visual art. And we created little packages, little art packages that the people that people could come and pick up so they'd have the art supplies at home and be able to follow our, our fabulous art teacher, Kara. Duffus um, with with her instruction on the art projects. And then for older kids, we had some scene work classes and some song scene classes and some dance stuff going on too. So that was a summer. And now we are transitioning into fall, which is normally our biggest season because we have all the programs going, which is usually about four or five casts. Mm -hmm. And we have usually two or three casts over at the church space. So what we're doing now is um, it's a combination of some online theater programs and art programs and in person, but social distancing. And the big transition is going from maybe a group of 24 to 28 kids in a cast to eight, 10 or 12 kids Mm -hmm. in a cast. We're doing it outside. Mm -hmm. We're putting up tents. We'll have little areas that they will be have to kind of maintain and they'll wear masks. But again, we want the whole experience, while it will be a performance experience for them to learn a show, um, social distancing space. And we've got this whole, I'm hoping, creative way of making that happen. But it's also, even more importantly, a chance for kids to actually be together safely outside space, social distancing, but also play. 
because we can also do social distancing games, singing, dancing. And the show is actually something I wrote years, years ago called Wonderful World. And so it's all these um, cultural folk stories from different cultures and, and songs, and then also some Broadway music and stuff. So all the kids will get to have a song to sing, a solo, and, and everybody gets to have two like lead roles in each of the sketches. That's awesome. And I think it's going to be real. I'm actually really excited about it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun for the kids. But so while one group is working with me on learning the show in a socially distant manner, another group will work with John. We've got the musical director too. So kids will get coaching on their songs. And then the other group will be in a social distance manner with John doing games, playing games. So they get to play, they get to learn a show, they get to create something together and, um, you know, we're throwing it up there and hope it works. And I'm, you know, sleepless nights thinking, (laughs) how can this work? How can this work? (laughs) You know, where there's a will, there's a way. That's it, Leanne. Figure it out. Sounds great. I mean, just to get the kids out of the house is pretty awesome these days. Yeah. And it, I think it can be done. I mean, you know, Bert just went on a 20-city tour. Yeah. And he stayed socially distanced. He was adamant about everybody wearing masks. No social contact outside of who was on the bus, stayed with right. each other on the bus. If you got off the bus, you didn't talk to anybody else. Right. They came home and every single person was negative. So I think if you really walk the line. Yeah, exactly. Fine. That's you're, it. Fine. Yeah, it's, that's, that's it. it. It's not brain surgery. (laughs) It's not brain surgery. I mean, we're even going to hire, there's a person who can come in and kind of for the, all the CDC guidelines comes through and make sure you are up to code basically. Right. So we're just going to, yeah, bite that bullet and hire somebody to come in just so that we know that it is, you know, as safe as it possibly can be for our families. Right. Yeah. You know, I'm not. Bert is a catastrophe thinker. In so general. am I. <laughs> Are you? I would never think no, that. No. So you sound like you have a sim- similar partnership. <laughs> I think everybody has a Bert and a Leanne. Everybody. Somebody's a Bert and somebody's a Leanne. <laughs> right. And I don't think I have not thought about this pandemic right. in a healthy way mm-hmm. because I don't catastrophe think. Now, yeah. I'm wearing my mask. I'm washing my hands. But I'm way more... Uh, it's going to be fine. And he is so catastrophe thinker <laughs> that I've had, it's been very beneficial for me Yeah, to yeah. listen and go, oh, you know what? That is pretty smart. Maybe we should do that that way. Whereas usually okay. I'm like, dude, it's not going to happen. This is, right. you're, so, you're worried about nothing. Right. But in this circumstance, I'm actually following his lead, which never happens. Yeah. Um, what's the hardest part about running this theater group? What's the hardest thing? is the hardest thing um god i i don't know what is the hardest thing oh i know what the hardest thing is what hardest thing is casting that's Um. the hardest thing for me um because uh uh, ultimately, you know, somebody, <laughs> we try so hard to make everything like an ensemble where everybody is valued and important and has their moment to shine. But when you're doing 
a musical or a play, there are only a certain number of roles that are the big roles, you know, and we try to work really hard to give everybody a chance for their moment, you know, coming up through the ranks. But inevitably, there's always somebody who's going to have their heart broken Mm -hmm. momentarily. Mm -hmm. Um, We've been pretty fortunate that kids stick with it. And I think that's such a valuable lesson too, Mm -hmm. to realize that sometimes, even though you've worked really hard, you don't get what you want. And sometimes you do, and that's great too. But how can you, uh, you know, have the grit to overcome it and know, you know what, there's still something of value here and I'm going to make the best out of what I've been given. Right. Right. And, and I think that that's been really valuable for kids, but for me personally, doing those casting sessions, I love the casting sessions themselves when the kids come in and they're just so brave. They're so beautiful. They put themselves out there in this really brave way to come in and stand in front of us and have to sing a song or, or do something is heroic. Right. And then, but when I'm sitting alone trying to figure out how to cast something, that one just eats me alive. Yeah. So that's really the hardest thing. Yeah. I mean, and John and I <laughs> try to work together as partners can be a little challenging, but we, we, we have a good sense of humor for the most part. <laughs> it seems like you do okay. Yeah. It seems like you do okay. I work with my husband too. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I know you do. Yeah. Sometimes so. you're like, seriously, you need to go on the road. Exactly. <laughs> you just lived here all the time. Oh my God. There would be blood. There would be blood. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So what is the easiest part of this job? What do you think is the easiest thing? Yeah, the easiest thing is is just working with the kids. Mm-hmm. And that for me is easy. So what makes that easy? Yeah. Um, what is makes it easy? Temperament? Is it, is it, do you have a system? Yeah, the, the system is to understand. You know, we have different people team members who have worked with us over the years. And, and sometimes, and look, I, I, there has to be a certain amount of discipline because things can't be complete chaos, Mm -hmm. but it's also, and I love to do this. I love, and we try and, and our team members are really have the same uh, way of thinking, or they've come to understand that way of thinking and embrace it where you really, each kid is an individual. We don't know circumstances in a child's life. Right. And if they're acting in a certain way that's not working, how can we understand? Mm-hmm. How can we understand so that we can help it work? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I like that. And I oh, like, yeah, I, I do. I like that. And I like knowing the kids. And I like just, I like being silly with the kids. Mm-hmm. You know, I like, I like having a good time with them. And that's so important what you just said. I think that is lost on Eva. When you have, when you're a parent mm-hmm. and you're with this child all the time and a child is not complying or right. behaving, I'll right. use Isla as an example. <laughs> Isla was a hitter. Uh-huh. She hit any and everybody because she, because she had a hard time with words. Yeah. So she's physical before she was verbal. Right. So that's kind of a, a habit. And, you know. I felt my family back in Georgia going, well, she just needs a spanking. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Uh-huh. I, don't, I kept going, but I'm trying to understand mm-hmm. why she's doing that. 
because she's not a mean kid. Right. The sweet kid. But she, so why, if I, if you try, if you approach parenting or even teaching or even a coworker, right. And understand why that is happening because it's, you know, we, especially parents take things so personally, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's not a failure on your part. If your kid takes a while to learn not to hit her sister, instead of saying, don't take my toy. I would just knock the crap out of Georgia and I'd constantly be like, there's no hitting in our house. There's no hitting in Are you trying to say, don't take my toy? Yes. Okay. That's why she hit you. She doesn't want you to take, she just can't, that doesn't compete. Right. Right. Try and understand. And with running this Girl Scout troop as long as I have, we have girls who do not have the luxury of a two parent home where right. mom, one mom stays at home like me mm-hmm. and to just see, I, I've had adults volunteer in our troop that have no patience. Right. And I don't understand that. And mm-hmm. I, I go, I don't know how you cannot see, right. you know, this person's circumstance. Mm-hmm. Of course they're acting like this. <laughs> <laughs> right. So what, what is your role here? What do you want your role to be? What is your takeaway for that kid? So that kid's takeaway is Miss Pam was always safe. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Miss Pam understood I was in trouble or I was hurting. That's amazing. That's what I always think for Girl Scouts. For this one little girl in particular, yeah. I want to know that I am there for her no matter what. Exactly. Yeah. Because it's not happening at home. Right. So I don't know why the world just doesn't do that. I don't know, Leanne. It, um, I don't get it. It just seems so easy. I mean, not without effort. I, so yeah. I don't mean like easy, but it seems like it's such common sense too. Yeah. We can just try and understand each other try yeah. and understand ourselves. Yeah. It, it's, but, and, and that's where I, I feel like these kids We've had so so many wonderful opportunities for kids um, with all kinds of differences, whether it's learning differences, whether it's they're on the spectrum, whether it's uh, socioeconomic differences, to come in and understand each other. Right. That's like, that's what I love. I really love that. When kids can come in, years ago, I had a kid come in. This was back in New York when I was running a program. I had a, 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 a young woman come in who with, um, with was it, not MS, muscular dystrophy. I said muscular. She was in a wheelchair mm-hmm. and she had trouble speaking mm-hmm. and she always wanted to do theater and she couldn't find a place that would let her do theater. Wow. And I was like, why not? And she came in and, and initially the kids were kind of, you know, and then they started just realizing she's just like us. She just has, you know, she just looks a little different and she has these challenges. Yeah. And then it became like we worked it into the show that they would wheel Narissa around, you know, to do with part of the choreography and everybody wanted to participate. Everybody became friends with her. It was, uh, it was so wonderful. And you know what? She reached out to me. She has since graduated college and she reached out to me recently and she's still doing theater. She's involved amazing. in administration and things like that. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. What a great, so that's, that's it. That's yeah, that's it. Right. 
Well, yeah. you know, I know Isla was has been in several of your shows, and this last show, I apologize for her not really following through with the whole show. But you know what she said to me? Yeah. The reason she was going mm-hmm. was because she felt like you needed her help with the young kids. Oh, how sweet. And because of Zoom, you didn't really need her help. Right. So right. she was acting. She was an actor. Yeah. She was helping you. <laughs> was helping me. So she then once was. that was removed, she was not interested in acting. <laughs> yeah, no, I got it. I got it. Yeah. Look, I have loved having Isla and Georgia too. You yeah, know, yeah. Georgia did a show with us once. Your kids in the program. And Isla's wonderful. Isla, Isla is wonderful. She has, she has a real gift with comedy yeah. um, and she is such a sensitive, loving, kind person. And that was wonderful. That's what I like too. When you're working with multiple ages to have the older kids taking responsibility and really trying to be leaders with the younger kids. And, and that's something that she was great at. And this Zoom thing, this was, this was interesting too. The Zoom thing was not for everybody when we, unfortunately, anything goes, had to kind of switch to that. You know, our spring musical had to switch to this. And finally, we just had to wrap it up, you know, the other week because yeah. we thinking someday we'll get on stage. (laughs) Well, who knows? But, um, so I really get it. It, And that we were trying to keep that open. If you, if your kid is enjoying zoom and still enjoying coming to this, then we'll keep doing it. And if they're not, and it's not for them, then they shouldn't do it. (laughs) It's not gone for. (laughs) Yeah. She was not into it. And I kept going, but you, but you signed up. You have to finish. You need to finish. It's about finishing. And then one time she said, I didn't sign up for the acting. Exactly. That, that's it. That's it. You know, okay. Well, all right. Now, I, now I'm just torturing you. That, that's it. And it's so great. Like you realize that, you know, yeah. like, yeah, this is not what we signed up for. No. So she really just wanted to be in charge of younger <laughs> children. <laughs> she is welcome once life is normal again she she's got a job you know she's she <laughs> one of our future summer counselors <laughs> she, she's fabulous she loved it that part of it she well she loved the acting part too but yeah. um she's but that she's part funny. she's good yeah she's a hoot well it was my heartbreak that she didn't get to play that role yes she would have knocked it out of the ballpark she would have. She practiced her Brooklyn accent oh for weeks. I don't know how she was doing in rehearsal, but at home. Hey, she'd get a little shy sometimes, and then she'd kind of suck it up and go for it. And she was great. She was really great. Yeah. She's got well, that's, be- been, that's been a heartbreak through all of this, is kids yeah. who didn't get to, you know, perform these roles that they would have been so amazing at right. on stage. Yeah. So now, do you think Village Arts, is it at your dream pinnacle, or is there some other place you'd like this to go? Yeah. You know, you'll probably get two different answers from me and from my husband, John. (laughs) John, Yeah, because Johnny really wants to see this. I feel like it is a destination right now, that it's become a destination for a lot of kids. He wanted... it to become more of an uh, of a, an all encompassing arts destination, which is great. Right. So, um, 
not at our pinnacle. I think we're getting close. We, we, you know, we, we got our 501c or not for profit status this past year so that we can go for grants so that we can try and get more kids in, you know, and, and we can upgrade things, technical things like you were. So your family was, Isla was so kind to offer us, you know, uh, the donation, the very generous donation that she did and think of us. And that was so touching and so helpful. So that's been great that we we've gotten to that point. Pinnacle, I guess in some ways for me, it is because it's happening Right. And it's it is established. We are established now. I don't yeah. think it's going anywhere. I think even in in the age of COVID, <laughs> we'll still be able to, to it might be tough, but we'll we'll eke by. Yeah. Um Yeah, so pinnacle. I don't know. It, what is the pinnacle? It's always an ongoing process, everything, right? Yes. So in those terms, the journey is is wonderful. It's up and down. And if we ever reach some kind of pinnacle, that might be sad (laughs) because then the journey's over. And I don't think the journey's ever going to end. You know, we're just going to keep trying to, to be the best we can and, 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 and confront these challenges. And just, I just want this to be a place where kids can just have fun. Yeah. Have fun in this world that is so, so stressful, I think, more so than when we were kids. I mean, I'm older yes. than you, but I mean, uh, you know, I had a fun childhood. I mean, Dude, and I bet great. I'm not that much older than you. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a spring chicken. Um, yeah, so I had fun. I just had fun using my imagination. And, mm-hmm. and, and unfortunately, right now, we have to use these this whole way of communicating but that was the thing too for us is like I want kids to just interact in person you know get off their devices mm-hmm. um just that's what theater is you know yes. about really being together and working together and not on a device mm-hmm. that is alienating you in some way or cutting out that step of really being you know connected yes yeah. you know? so well, you know, I don't know if you know this about me, but I studied Meisner in New York. Did you? I, I did. I was a Meisner trained, am I guess, a Meisner trained actor. I, yes. I took from a woman named Mary Doyle, who was taught Meisner by Sanford Meisner. Oh, wow. And yeah. um, she passed away, unfortunately, while I was under her tutelage. Uh-huh. And another gentleman took over and finished the process. But what acting did for me is ultimately, clearly, I didn't end up an actor. At the end of the day, I thought, I just don't, I always thought everybody else would be better at the part than me. Hmm. So I would go, oh, no, she can have it. No, no, she can have it. She can have it. You have it. I don't, I don't need to fight about it. You have it. I stunk at auditioning because I'd go, well, here's my audition. But if someone else is better, that's good. Oh, my gosh. I just couldn't do that part of it. And, you know, I ended up working for one filmmaker over and over again because I never had to audition. She just knew who I was and was like, can you come and be the nurse? Can you come in and be the person in the psych ward? And I was like, yeah, no problem. Can they have a Southern accent? That's all I require. I can't get rid of this thing. But what, for me, I had all these feelings that I didn't understand, that I had no safe place to place. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 
So when you are Maggie on Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, mm-hmm. you have all these feelings you can put somewhere. Yeah. And it was so, it, it taught me how to be a human being. Yeah. yeah. So I imagine if I'd had that as a child. I wonder how that would have affected my ability to understand my own feelings and communicate them in a healthy manner. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I know that the musical theater you do, there's there's no cat on a hot tin roof. There's no heavy, complicated, you know, right. emotional stuff going on. But at the same time, those kids have to think about what's the emotional life of this character and how do they say this in that manner exactly. and how incredibly helpful that is and has nothing to do with theater. Right. It exactly. has nothing to do with theater. And my studying acting, I don't regret one minute of it. Um, even though that's not where I ended up going because it was invaluable. Mm -hmm. Um, the study of acting, I think at any level is really the study of human nature. It is. It It is. is. And it's beautiful. It is. It is. It's so helpful and in being a a whole human being. Mm -hmm. So even though you're not a church, (laughs) you're not a psychologist, (laughs) you're not a school counselor. Right. I think what you're doing is that all together, you know, it's helping children find a voice mm-hmm. um, when sometimes it's hard to have a voice. Yeah, it is. And sometimes you haven't been allowed to have a voice, not just from home life or parents. I'm just talking about out in the world. There are circumstances where kids feel less than, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and I want this to be a place. And I think it is where kids feel valuable. They feel valued. Right. And it, and it is a, I know it's been a haven for kids who are figuring out who they are in the world, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that as they get older, you know, it's funny being with them when they're little cutie pies and just running around doing that. And then having now been with kids who are, have gone into high school who started off with us in like kindergarten and first grade Mm -hmm. not that long. (laughs) It's been such a, it's been such a blessing, such an honor, I guess, to be a part of their lives and their development and to see where they've come, you know, in their their lives. Yeah. Not just from village arts, but just in general, their lives. Mm -hmm. And, um, and what I love is the community. They all kind of stick together. These little groups that come up, you know, there's this nice, they have this shared experience, this shared history and shared love and understanding of one another. And that's pretty special. Yeah. That's very special. Especially when you're in a big city, right, Leanne? Because yeah. here we are, we both, you know, I grew up in Ohio in a small town. My dad was the high school football coach, you know, and and I'm still, you know, best friends with my two, we, we moved to Painesville, Ohio when I was 13 years old. So since I was 13, my two best friends are still my two best friends. One That's lives awesome. in Iowa, one lives in Atlanta and, but we're still in each other's lives and we have this wonderful shared history. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that when I look at some of these kids, I'm like, they're going to have this, they're going to be with that person the rest of their life. And they had these experiences together. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It's pretty powerful. Yeah. It's pretty, it's a pretty, I feel very privileged that I get, that I get to do this. It's a struggle and we sure ain't in in it for the money. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but it's, it's a community service. 
for it's sure. It's a community service. And it especially is. in Los Angeles, because you got a lot of, and there are plenty of places out there to go to, plenty of great places. Yeah. But it's, it's our place in our little community. And it's yeah. really wonderful. It's done a lot for my family, my kids, especially Isla. It's yeah. been a really great experience for her to be in it, in your plays. I don't know how many years now, three or four years. Yeah. She's been in both fall and spring. Right. She knows it over softball. <laughs> like you can't, I can't, you can't have softball and the play. Oh my God. What's your choice? The play. Oh, wow. Every time. So, um, I don't know. I wanted people to hear you because I bet you there are people. This is something that fascinates me in life. I started out um, going to college. I was going to be a high school counselor. Mm-hmm. Then I pivoted and moved to New York and started acting. Mm-hmm. And then I pivoted and became a screenwriter. Right. And then I pivoted again and became a mom. Mm-hmm. And now I have a podcast. And I have a podcast. Yeah. So, and I help my husband a lot. But. Right. So I, I think it's really fascinating to see where people start and where they end up. Oh, yeah. Isn't and if true? they end up in happy. Yeah. That's what matters is that yeah. they end up in happy. So it doesn't really matter what you do. Right. I don't think as long as you're fulfilled, you're happy, and you're right. in some way able to give back. Right? That's Absolutely. For me, that's a measure of success, right? Oh, I don't yeah. have a college degree. Mm-hmm. I have a high school degree. I went to college, never graduated because right. I was like, this is not my path. I, I need mm-hmm. to do something else. So I, I like for people to hear what other people do for a living because there may be a 25-year-old young lady or gentleman mm-hmm. who's trying to be an actor who has some negative judgment about starting their own children's theater company and how he's giving up on himself or quitting this dream. And, and it doesn't have to be that perspective. I I don't, it doesn't have to. Oh, look who's in the back. There's John. John, come (laughs) say hi to Leanne. Oh, hi. Hi, John. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Are we being recorded? You are. You're on my podcast. But are, are, is it live or is it? Um, it's not live. Oh, it's okay. So you can edit us, my right. my big head out, right? I'm not going to edit you out. <laughs> You're the other half of this theater company. That's right. well, awesome. I wanted to talk to Pam about your about Village Arts. I'm yeah. sorry. She, Leah's talking to me about. Uh, yeah, about no, no, Village no, Arts. I know, I know. Yeah, I, know. I thought yeah. you said you said you wanted. I would love it for our conversation to inspire other people in other cities to do what you do. Because I believe what you do is vital. I don't even think it's just sort of cool. Mm-hmm. I think it's actually vital. It's really important to create a community and a safe place for young adults. It's just invaluable. Yeah, I think that's what the conclusion. To go back to what you were saying yeah, about having a certain path that you set out on. Yeah. And I know for me, it was very focused. Like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to act and I'm going to check off all these things that mean success to me. I will, John. Sorry, Don. Sorry, darling. Um, and, and then there was a time of, I would even say mild resentment. Like, are things going in the direction I want them to? I always thought, not resentment. That's not right. Um, 
people used to try and get me to teach. And I'd say, no, 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 no. I have to stay on track. I have to stay on track. Oh, you'd be so great. You're so good with kids. No, 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 no. And then lo and behold, something happened and I took a teaching job and I really liked it. But I still was holding on to those feelings. Well, this is not going to become my life. This is nice. I enjoy it. I'll do it once in a while. I'm an actor. I'm an actor. <laughs> and and um, all of a sudden, I'm at this point in my life, and I remember writing about this in a journal recently, where I'm like, you know what? I'm still an actor, and I've still done things, you know, and pursued it to some extent. Um, but... I don't really care about it as much. I don't I, th- like that feeling of, oh, I'm a loser because I didn't stick it out or I didn't go about it in this way or I didn't achieve that. Because this, yeah, the path that I went on has been extraordinary and wonderful and challenging. But now I'm here doing something that just feels so good and so right and makes me so happy, you know, makes us, John and I both, so happy. Right. So, yeah, for as a young person to really get, like, it's okay, just go on the journey. I mean, our kids are, you know, we have a 25-year-old and we have, our twins are 20. And that's something that we talk about, just like, you know what, it, it really try and embrace the journey. Don't be like me and get all anxious and tied up and hard on yourself when you right. feel like the journey is is taking you somewhere else right. kind of go with it because going with it can take you in a direction that could be really kind of kind of magical that's right resistance yeah. is what you were feeling a resistance yeah, resistance yeah and resistance is a good indicator mm-hmm. because if you're feeling resistance you should probably go hold on yeah why am i resisting what is this path I, when I met Bert, I was like, two, three dates tops. I'm not marrying a comic. <laughs> no way. I'll never be able to make it to buy a house. We're right. going to be broke forever. Right. I'm going to be by myself raising children. Right. All of these things were true until very recently. <laughs> but at a certain point, I kept going, this, I'm, this is actually the right way. This is the right way. Yeah. So stop with the head stuff. Mm-hmm. And go with what makes you feel happy and and empowered and fulfilled and full and light. You know those things are so important. Where are we going? I'm shutting my door. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I I feel like I personally know so many people. Not maybe in LA, but back east. Mm-hmm that are upset that life didn't turn out the way they thought it should. Yeah. Maybe life is exactly what it should be. Yeah. And if you can just let go of all those expectations and let go of all those old dreams, like new dreams can be great. And we can have new dreams till the day we die. Yeah. Tangi, do you know Tangi Ambrose? Yeah, Tangi. Her mom, who passed away, God bless her, uh, a, a number of years ago, uh, Tutu was her nickname. She wrote this little book called Tutu's Tidbits. She's had an extraordinary and interesting life. And she was just, when I met her, she'd go to the church. You know, she'd attend church services over at Faith Press. And I knew because Tanji and I are friends and Tanji's kids have been in our program forever. Yes. Um, so, uh, I, and I knew Tutu and... Um, 
And um, yeah, so she wrote this book and Tanji, I think, had given it to me as a gift. And I've been reading it again. And I actually went and bought a few more from Tanji because they're just, that's it. She talks about her journey and how she's reinvented, how she reinvented up through her 70s, you know, up up until, God bless her, she left this earth. But just about how, like, the journey has been so cool. And when she can, every time she starts to get anxious, she just go, well, where is this leading me? Yeah. Just go where the river's flowing and just enjoy the ride, which is so hard to do. We all have to stop and remind ourselves of that constantly. You know, you have to stay in your curiosity, stay curious, be curious and be okay with being curious. Yeah. Yeah. If someone is curious about starting a theater group for children in their community in Iowa, Arkansas, just do it because. Just do it because it it can be, I watch you guys. I'm really good at watching people. I know I haven't been as involved in Village Arts as a lot of parents. I haven't been. I'm super busy, and yeah. but I'm a good watcher of people. Mm-hmm. And I watch you guys and I go, those are two really fulfilled human beings. Aww. From the outside, that's what I see. And I think... Oops, I think I lost your sound. You did? I, no, you're back. You're back. Good. It was it was a pregnant pause. It was a dramatic pause. It was a dramatic pause. <laughs> well done. Bravo. <laughs> I watch and I go, I just wish more people would understand that investing in children can be so fulfilling for the person. Yeah. I mean, I would not give up my Girl Scout troop for anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No way. And I have 11th graders, 9th graders, wow. 8th graders, and 7th graders. That's so great, Leanne. Yeah. I love it. It's, wow. the, it's not the same as Village Arts, but it's the same. In but that, it's the same. It is it's the same. same. Yeah, exactly. You go, of course I will stay up until midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning, preparing <laughs> tomorrow's, you know, whittling Session. We're going to learn how to whittle on a bar of soap. I'm going to practice my whittle so I have your whittle so I can teach you how to whittle. Let's do it. It's just such a a powerful, I never would have thought I'd be a Girl Scout troop leader. I never thought I'd be married or have children. So (laughs) that whole path was completely unexpected for me. Right. I don't know. I think life is just magical and amazing if you will just allow it to be. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought everybody who listens to me should hear you talk about what you do because what you do is magical and it's amazing and it's community building and it's a give. It's a constant give. Um, and when you give constantly, you receive constantly and you don't it, even know. I tell you, the get back is huge. It's yeah. just huge. Yeah. yeah. It, that's why we, we have, that's why we, that's why we keep giving. That's why we keep giving because we keep getting, you know, it's just, it's, it's a whole cycle that never, that is never ending and pretty, pretty fabulous. Yeah. That's so great. Thanks. Honey. So how are your kids? Are they good? Kids are doing great. We are living in the love shack because. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> well, let me tell you. this is this is a pg show no i'm kidding um i've I've nicknamed it that but it's um both of our our 20 year old twins andrew and ella 
um, Ella was doing a gap year this year living with us. And Andrew was at Oregon State. And so when all this hit, and Ella has a boyfriend, Christian, who goes to school in Vermont, but he's from, he's German. Yeah. He's, so he was in the States. He came to visit Ella on his spring break right at the top of March and basically then has been here ever since. Oh my gosh, because of COVID. School went all viral and he couldn't go back to Germany. So he's been with us since March. And then Andrew, um, he came home, you know, and has been, was doing school online and um, his girlfriend just uh, wanted to be with us. So we said, you can come and move in with us too. So it's the love shack. It's a constant triple date. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Where's the 25-year-old? She's in Montana. She and her boyfriend are in Missoula, Montana, and doing great work there. They were working for um, AmeriCorps. Yeah, they were doing oh, great. Yeah, they were stationed there with AmeriCorps doing some, some great stuff. And now that's all coming to an end. And she's saying, can we come back <laughs> He's going to a grad school in Michigan, um, but he put it, uh, he deferred for a year because of all this. Yeah. yeah. And she's, she's applying for grad schools, but they're like, maybe we should just come home for now until we go off. And we're like, okay, we'll clean out the garage. I'm not even kidding. I was going to ask you, <laughs> how big is your house? We have a small little house. Uh, you must, I'm thinking you have this like sprawling estate or something with all these people we've got you would die <laughs> it is crazy it is crazy I kind of like it I John might not agree with me he's very he's wonderful but he he would prefer a little more privacy in this yeah. crazy wacky love shack of ours <laughs> that's really funny oh that's great though yeah. that's great that's one of the positives I think of COVID Bert was home the <laughs> longest he's been home since Georgia was born. Oh, wow. Yeah. He was home from like March to June. Wow. And we're yeah. all like, what's that going to be like? Yeah. We're going to be, somebody's going to be dead by the end of like a week and a half. <laughs> right. We're going to kill each other. You know, right. Bert is not low maintenance. He's very high maintenance. <sighs> but it all worked out really well. And we've all been able to appreciate this time together. We've kind of loved it. It's, yeah. It's kind of been, not kind of. It's been great. It's been great, right? Because yeah. you make the best of it, or or you don't, and then you're miserable. <laughs> yeah. it's a memory. Really, really, all of life is about making a memory. So, how do you want to remember this time? Oh, we fought every day, right. or we played a lot of games. Yeah, we watched a lot of movie marathons. We ate a lot of ice cream. Exactly. Exactly. We Same. probably own stock in Ben and Jerry's at this point. <laughs> I mean, Bert came home one day. I'm not joking. With 10 pints of Ben and Jerry's. And I went, what is the plan? What is the plan? We don't have the space in the freezer. He's like, we'll take care of four right now. Everybody eat one. Okay, right now. Ready to go. <laughs> I can't eat a pint of ice cream. I'm, fifth, I'm a fifth-year-old woman. I can't eat a pint of ice cream. I know. I know. So throw mine in the garbage. And then we'll put the other six in the freezer. A memory. Mm-hmm. It is. So many. Anyway. Well, I appreciate your time. Oh, sure. Thank you for any having advice? Is any advice for anybody in Iowa who thinks they might want to do what you do? Yeah. Start small. 
don't, don't, you know, you can have a big giant dream, but everything is a step, one step at a time, one step at a time. I have to pull myself back. We have, we have to pull ourselves back in sometimes and, Mm -hmm. and, and say, okay, this is enough for now. Let's just make this for instance, one little class, right? In Iowa. Okay. I'm going to start a class once a week for an hour with some kids and we're going to do acting scenes or something, or we're going to do improv or whatever. Just learn how to do it, find your way. And then you'll know when it's time to take the next step. But like, like you said, you said it, Leanne, it's about taking the step, just taking the step. And then one step leads you to the next. If you don't take any steps, you're not going to be moving anywhere too Don't soon. Where do you? Yeah. Any any resources you could recommend? Any website resources for like plays or scenes or anything like well, that? There, there's so many. All you have to do is Google. There's so many places out there. I mean, there are there there are all kinds of licensing organizations like Music Theater International that we go through that are pretty reasonably priced that have you know Broadway musical shows for kids that are kind of uh, you, you know they're not uh, they call them Broadway Junior because they've um, broken them down so they're more appropriate for younger people and about an hour long so there's that. And then there's all kinds of other resources out there, just organizations. I'm going to, of course, blank on all of them or what they're <laughs> called, where they have, you know, scenes and, and books that you can uh, read about how to teach or how to put together a class. Um, yeah, there's a wealth of resources, which just, That's you know, great. teaching drama, you know, producing your own play. They're, they're all out there. Yeah, like everything else. I mean, today I was Googling. We bought a above ground pool oh, to get through this time. I'm a big fan. In the love shack, you're going to need one. <laughs> and we have fallen in love with this. The best. Above ground pool. We love it. But now we have an algae problem. So I was, um, what, what's the point of my telling you this? Because Googling, because Googling, because that was it. It doesn't matter. This is what this podcast is, is free flowing conversation. I was so stupid because it's just like, I've been calling people and trying to get advice. And I thought, well, maybe if I just Google something and there was a whole instructional thing, several of them of what you can do. And I thought step by step. And I thought, can handle this. I can do this. But yeah, so that wealth of knowledge, I'm so not a techie. I'm so, I avoid it. Like, and here's something that I'm embracing right now with COVID is that I've had to embrace technology in a very different way. Yeah. So I'm learning and I'm becoming curious, like you said, about <laughs> it. And instead of avoiding it, I'm approaching it and I'm like, okay, there's okay. These are the good things about technology. Yeah. Uh, there are some good things. There are some good things. I'm with you. I'm not very curious about technology either, but with kids in high school that are all technology based and eighth grade, Lord lady, uh, you're looking at the eighth grade teacher. I had to get first on a lot of stuff to help Isla, you know, because she's dyslexic and first one to go. Go to the web, this website on this date for this teacher, and you go to this website on this date for this other teacher. She was lost before they even said go. Oh God, so. no! It's so hard. My heart breaks for those kids. You know, both of my my twins are dyslexic and have uh, audio processing uh, disorder, mm-hmm. and um, I have said several times, "Thank God they are old enough that I'm not having to sit there with them." Because oh my gosh, because actually, as you know, 
did that for years anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When they were in regular school, one-on-one. Yeah. Or one-on-one when they were in a regular classroom with a teacher. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So um, having to switch to this, oh my gosh. So I, I bow down to you, <laughs> a great teacher, and all those parents out there who are having to do it. I don't know how. Oh my gosh. So huge. Yeah. I don't know how parents are working and doing it because I don't have, I mean, I work, but I don't have any kind of set hours. I make my hours whenever I want them. And I, right. It really is eye opening to think I am a freaking bear of a parent. I am a bulldog tiger bear parent. Mm -hmm. And there are so many kids who don't have that in their corner who are just left to their own devices. And they're just completely left behind. Yeah, it's hard. Sense. The first thing I thought of was so hard. half of does not have me. Yeah. How are they doing this? How are they doing it? Yeah. How are they doing this? Yeah. Well, I shouldn't have said our school name, but half of that school is not. Austin will take it out for me because he's awesome. there. We go. Yeah. But anyway, thank you so much for talking to me about this. Thank you. What a what a what a pleasure and and what a what a what am I trying to say? Thank you. This has been an honor to be on your podcast. <laughs> it's not been an honor. <laughs> but if someone wanted to donate to Village Arts, how would they do that? Well, thanks. Um, VillageArtsTheater.com. Theater with an R E. Mm-hmm. Uh, just contact us. Yeah, or they can contact me. Directly, I guess I shouldn't give my email out. On no, they just go to you go to Village Arts Theater. Yeah, go to Village Arts Theater. Yeah, and um, there and you if you go there, you can just go online and donate. Yeah, or That'd contact awesome. us about how you'd like to help, and we do appreciate that. We can take all the help. We can use all the help we can get. Yes. So, well, yeah. I'm so glad I know you. I'm so glad we've danced at so many bar and bot mitzvahs together. It. Me too. We need more of that in the future. So, my 50th birthday is August 20th. And what I wanted was a dance party. I know. I wanted a dance party where I invited everybody I know, but no dance party. I'll be dancing with myself. <laughs> <laughs> My two kids. <laughs> yeah, there's a party. There's a party there. But in the future. Yeah. In the future. Well, yeah. thank you, Pam. I appreciate Thanks, it. Pam. Thanks okay. for doing this. Really appreciate it. I thank you. I'll see you soon, I hope, in person. Absolutely. Love to your family. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. I think that we should.